seminars were 18 hours long one day. And I'd start at, like I told you, 7 in the morning, and I'd go to midnight the next night. Or that night. 7 in the morning, okay. 20 hours, 18, 20 hours. And I just pound the shit out, and I used to be like a fucking maniac. I'd be a fucking psycho. I remember, I told you in Chicago, I had 105 temperature. Everybody thought I was jacked up because I was excited and telling seminar. No, I had a fever, but I mean, I was just, and I get mesmerized. And people, I don't believe this, but the people said I looked like I was in a trance. Some people say I levitated off the fucking ground. I mean, I used to get these audiences riled up like a fucking psycho. I'm a better speaker than fucking Hitler was. And I used to study Hitler, Churchill, Stalin, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I have tapes. I still have them. And I mean, I was a psycho motherfucker. And people say, I, 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 I can't verify this, that I would levitate off the fucking ground. I'd get so fired up. And people in the audience would get fucking fired up. So I know, Zeke Heil, Zeke Heil, I know what it is to get an audience like that. I know. Now, I'm old now. But I still, just imagine five times more passion than you've seen here. 20 years ago. I mean, I was a wild up son of a bitch. You know? And that's why they, a lot of people wanted me to run for governor and wanted me to go into politics and all this. They said, look, oh, you can, I mean, shit, if you can talk like that, I mean, we'll get you fucking elected. No, no challenge. Plus, I was a light-skinned Hispanic, well, blue eyes, and they were trying to capture the Hispanic vote. I was a fired-up son of a bitch. And Governor Kerry thought, Governor John Connolly used to be secretary of the treasurer, the guy that got shot. When Kennedy got shot, he was in the same car, he got shot, you know. John Collins, and these guys said, Dan, he, I mean, he, uh, you'll be able to get elected easy, no, no challenge. I mean, you debate these fuckers, you're going to eat them alive, and that's true. I am a fucking great debater. I mean, if you think this, these things are aggressive, you, 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 you never heard me debate. I mean, I jump right on their fucking throats, you know. And, but I decided not to get in politics because I went to the Democratic National Convention in 1988 and I was there as, go, as, as um, guest of Governor Hugh Carey, the former governor of New York, and a few others, and the national chairman of the Democratic Party. And I sat at the big hit table, and, you know, and, and Claude Pepper, the former congressman, senator, governor of the state of Florida was there. Claude is in a wheelchair. Uh, and uh, I got to see behind the scenes of what politics was all about, and I didn't, I didn't have a stomach for it. I mean, because it's just a slimy fucking business. It's slimy, you know. And I just, you know, even though Hispanic president, I thought to myself, I eat these fuckers alive. I eat all these Harvard cunts alive. But discretion being the part of part of valor, I decided no. Got a lot of money. I don't need politics. I don't need politics. So I passed. But when I hear these doofuses debating and going through all this shit, then I think to myself, well, you know, I don't have a regret that I didn't go into politics, uh, but I have a regret that other people haven't gone into politics that are better than the politicians that we got. <coughs> you know. 
because we certainly should be able to produce better in the United States than we've got. And, you know, in all the countries, forget, but I can only talk about the United States. And that's why I, I really don't, you know, I don't have much interest and haven't for a long, long time. Uh, but to, to know guys like John Connolly, who got shot with President Kennedy, Hugh Carey, and some of the senators and other people that I've had the privilege of knowing, one of my testimonials, I don't use it anymore, but John Connolly testimonial and all these guys testimonial, or it was an experience you can't buy. You just can't. And that's why one, like when I see young kids and they decide they're going to get involved in politics, you know, and I don't tell them not to get involved in politics because politics needs to get cleaned up. But I've been saying that for 30 years and it's still not cleaned up. So it's one of the things, remember I said don't waste time on things you can't change? I know the young folks think they can change it and that's why Obama got elected because all the young people, a lot of the young people came to vote for him. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but I'm not certain. At age 67, I'm not concerned. It's not one of my priorities, for sure. You know, you know. It's kind of like, and it's selfish, and I'm on board, pull up the fucking gangplank. I'm on board, you know. I've been successful. Let the kids fight it out. Let the kids duke it out to make the world a better place. It's not my hassle anymore. You know, I'm not worried about it. Um, I want, in closing, I, okay, I asked you to write obituaries last night. Did anybody write an obituary? Okay. Benoit, read your obituary. Okay. Uh, sure. I, I, we got all time. We got all day and nothing to do. I know you thought I was going to forget. Now, I can tell you to write your obituary. Okay. I did last. Yeah, I know you did last time. We put it on YouTube. See, he get product placement for that Apple thing on TV. Where on TV? You get product placement. They pay you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll okay, go ahead. Nice. Okay, Robert? Uh, here lies Robert Smith, a realist who saw things for how they are and not, and, and not how they appear. He is best known for his global online publishing empire. His support of local Asian orphans helped improve numerous lives of, un, of underprivileged children. His philanthropic activities will be continued by his longtime and trusted lawyer. He will be arrested next to his Is that mother. Tim? Yeah. <laughs> he will be arrested next to his mother and grandfather in Camino, California. And then the nothing's go. Okay. <coughs> the uh, that's assuming you pass away before Tim does. Right. Okay. Tim's a, my long uh, lawyer for 31, 32 years, and he's been his lawyer the last several years. Okay. I want to hear a. Uh, he's still looking. Typical New York City guy, uh, can't find his own dick. Uh, listen, I want to hear one in, uh, in, uh, from Marcus. Does it sound better in German? <laughs> yeah, it's German. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we say goodbye to one of the greatest entrepreneurs of this century. He tried to be all what he can be. If he found interest in something, you should be better on his side, not against him. 
the age of 20, he decided to quit in skiing. He was uh, one of the best 1,000 skiers. In these times, he found a Bauhaus KG, it's German, sorry, by 2008, bought the first com company in 2011 after his, uh, attending the seminar, Castle seminar. Uh, it is a real estate deal. And the second one, which is planned in 2012 in the lumber business. Uh, he built up a 10 million company uh, before he was 30. Um, his life changing point was uh, the Castle Seminar in Scotland, where he met uh, Lord Mr. Venya. He was very glad to have him. Um, after he sold the lumber base, he built up a bunch of other companies. Um, he left three kids and one wife, rest in peace. Okay, let's hear a Romanian. Who's got a Romanian? Okay. Do they call dentists doctors in Romania? Or just dentists? Uh, they, they call them uh, stomatolo stomatologists. Dermatologists? Stom no. 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 It's, I think it's, it's not translated to English. No, no, it's like yeah, gypsy. But, but yeah, they do call them doctors. Yeah, like gypsy. You know, you pick pockets when they're on, when you got them, when you're drilling them, when, yeah, when they're asleep. In America, the, the, the dentists get in trouble because having sex with the lady patients and grabbing them and shit like that. Does that happen in Romania? Oh, the Oh, shit. Okay, go ahead, Doc. <clears throat> Uh, one of the most successful men uh, America has seen in the last four decades died today. Alexander the Great Sala, <coughs> age 86, ended his uh, final ended the final chapter of his adventurous life at the Sala Mansion in Florida. His family and loved ones stood <laughs> with him. Great! I never knew it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. gonna go there. Okay. So, uh, his family and loved ones stood uh, with him until the last moment. Alexander the Great Sava and his brother Trian Sava were the founders of Sava Grossing, one of the biggest advertising energy in the U.S. and worldwide. Godspeed and may you watch over us from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you now? 30. Okay, so 86. That's only 56 more years. Yeah. That's very, very good. Okay, Trian? Uh, Trian was an amazing person, everyone here was lucky to know him. He was one of the most generous people in the country. His hundreds of millions of dollars helped build schools and universities. He helped thousands of smart, smart, American, smart Romanians help themselves. And because of him, there's uh, now a new generation of uh, uh, tougher, uh, more responsible people that will probably change Romania. From a couple of gypsies. Robert? Very short. Milas Roman, who contributed vastly to providing the world with enough food, energy, and education. Oh, that's nice, short and sweet. Uh, people think that my uh, time capsule out there is my. Uh, you, you haven't seen where it says, there's Dan Pena. It has uh, my birthday, 1995. Uh, and they think I'm married there, then I'm dead already. And it says, yesterday's dreams are today's realities. But that's a time capsule my ex wife gave me. And there's, you know, and uh, but it's uh, seriously, obviously it's not my grave, and I'm not in it. Uh, but yeah, some of them are short and sweet. Uh, Michelle? Sure. I didn't write a date or anything. Okay. Always eager to learn, Michelle Brew welcomed the knowledge of greats having studied at Peace University, NYU, and Columbia University throughout her lifetime, complemented by the influence of the greats Dan Pena, Warren Buffett, and Oprah Winfrey. She was an honorary member of the elite Harvard Club and the Alibi Club of Washington, D.C. She enjoyed the discovery of unfamiliar lands, having traveled throughout the, 
throughout all the continents and even done space exploration several times. As a powerful businesswoman, she has influenced the lives of millions of people around the world. Uh, and her more, with her moral stands and good investment practices, today her countless schools around the world still remains and she leaves her billions in fortune to several charities, one of them being the IRC. So, a, um, uh, Oprah Winfrey, Warren, I'm in, I'm in good company. I'm in good company. That sounds very, very good. Mark? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit uh, shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Hoffman uh, dies. Um, the world will remember him as a visionary man and a successful CEO of a big company. He was building the Hoffman Tower in Asia and was spending a lot of his money to help um, poor and sick childs. Hoffman Tower! Yeah, the Hoffman Tower. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But Hansi never wanted to meet the standard. His wife found him in the, uh, in the forest behind from his castle. His three childs, they are very sad, but they look back and say, my father was crazy, but super successful. He studied at 2011 with the lumber business in the partnership with Marcus and Mark. He buys uh, 2013 or later the second company of lumber business and uh, the business to start to run. He had, uh, sorry, he had a few real estates in different countries. He was 100 years old and wrote in the, wrote in the business life uh, history. He invented many new strategies for the product management, better and faster. And okay, finish. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Attila, Attila the Hun. Here lies Fancho Attila, entrepreneur extraordinaire, man of the highest integrity, eccentric trillionaire, father of three. It's a, it's a sad day today when we say goodbye to a man of this stature, but we can all call ourselves lucky for having him in our lives for the last hundred years. He's been a great father, always looking after his children, mentoring them, challenging them to look beyond their limitations, and always pushing them out of their comfort zone, because he knew the greatness his children are capable of. Being mentored in the first part of his life by Dan Pena, he has achieved great financial success by following Mr. Pena's advice, developing a close relationship and friendship with him. Since attending Mr. Pena's seminar in 2012, he has worked relentlessly to achieve greatness not only in his financial affairs but in his life overall. In his first year in business, he has personally, he was personally already worth over a million dollars. Although his financial success wasn't always constant, he never gave up and just kept pushing and pushing forward until he achieved his goals. He truly was a human being who enjoyed living, enjoyed life to the fullest, never backing up in the face of adversity taking life by its horns, wrestling with it until he got what he wanted, and he enjoyed every minute of it. He is truly a human being to be made. God may bless his soul. Date, August 20, 2100.
2100. That's 88 years from now. So you're going to be 120, what? 115. Well, that's good. Okay, did you find it? Yeah, I have a simple version here. Okay. Um, simple. I don't have a date either. I wrote Brookings III, who helped make data visualization and analysis as easy to use as telephones, changed the way global business decisions are made, and persuaded business decisions, the business titans, to tune into global data and basically refashion portable computing as we know it. As a childhood internet prodigy and entrepreneurial inspiration, Brookings won ardent supporters by creating and inspiring a new generation of traders who cured unemployment and have dominated the global markets up until today. His contributions with data have extended human life and, and revolutionized humanity. Extended human life. We got an astronaut. We extended human life. I mean, these are, these are good. These are, these are damn good. I enjoy that. And the, uh, um, but until you have to sit down and write, okay, but what's really a challenge is when you have to write a, 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 a eulogy for somebody else. Okay. Because you've got the family, the kids, hopefully not the family that's older than him, hopefully, or her, but just the kids. And, and you've you got to balance truth, justice, and fairness. And it's, it, there's no good kicking a dead person. Okay. Okay. Although some of the people I've known, they should be fucking kicked when they're dead. <laughs> but, so when I, when I, you know, I'm a great eulogy giver and, and writer, so I've given a lot of eulogies uh, for people and uh, the... Uh, and you have to measure what you say uh, with the truth, okay? And normally the wife and the kids think that the guy or the gal is, or the wife or the husband, depending on who died, is an inspiration. So you want to leave the family with that thought. You know, what they, you know why, why bust, uh, burst their bubble, okay? But by the same token, you want it to be fairly factual. So um, normally I, I get teased and I say, Jesus, Dan, this guy sounded like Dwight Eisen, the a cross between Dwight Eisenhower and the Pope. And I said, well, to everybody, some people he was Dwight Eisenhower, and to some people he was the Pope. Okay, that's good. Uh, we're going to talk about your list tomorrow morning, the list about who you talk to and the, uh, the fucking bums you talk to. Okay, but I didn't want to leave on a low note. So, so we'll talk about the list in the morning. <laughs> I want to leave on a high note because you all wrote good, good, good obits. Uh, and um, tonight at dinner, we'll talk about, uh, have any of you ever given an obituary or a eulogy at a funeral? Uh, it's not a good thing. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm good at it because I've done it a few times, but it's not easy. I gave my dad's eulogies, and it was shit. I mean, it was good, but it was very hard because I don't get the words out. And my two cousins gave their eulogy at my uncle's, his brothers, and, and I thought, well, I'm going to be better than that when I give my dad's eulogy. I wasn't that. One of my cousins was actually very good. She got through it professionally, and then you know, she got real upset. The one was kind of sobbing in between like I did. Uh, and so, but it's, when you got to do it for your own dad, your own mom. My mother cremated here in Scotland, so I, I didn't get a chance to, to give her a eulogy. Okay, if there's then no questions, I meet somebody, 6.30 tonight, which is in 15 minutes. Thank you very much.